Well, good morning, my friends. It's a beautiful Saturday that I am filming this, taping this. I keep saying filming. I don't know why. But putting this on tape for Thursday, February 25th, my sister's birthday. She's 65. Um, lots of scripture today. Um, let's get started. Um, we're in our series, The Passion of Jesus Christ. Uh, this is podcast number 230. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. The Passion of Jesus Christ by John Piper and uh, lots of scripture today. Uh, maybe a two-parter. I'm not sure. Well, let's get into it. Um, the 41st reason uh, in the book uh, for Jesus um, going to the cross, giving his life as a substitution for our lives. It, it um, When I say that, it blows me away that uh, Jesus was willing to die for me. I know me. I'm not worth it. But I have to go with what he says, and he says I am, because he was willing to die for me. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. Why did Jesus die? One of the reasons, to secure our resurrection from the dead. To secure our resurrection from the dead. The Bible says he was the firstborn from the dead, meaning he was the pioneer. He was the one who went first. He was the trail setter, if you will, the trail blazer. Uh, Revelation chapter one, verses 17 and 18. When I saw him, this is John, his best friend, speaking about seeing Christ on the Isle of Patmos in this um, revelation, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his hand on his right hand on me saying, fear not, I am the first and I'm the last. I'm the Alpha and the Omega in the Greek, Greek alphabet. Um, I'm the first and the last and the living one and the living one. Notice Jesus says I'm alive. I'm not a ghost. I'm not a spirit. I'm alive. I'm the living one. I am the first and the last, the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys to of death and Hades. Why did Jesus die? To secure our resurrection. How did he do that? By dying himself and being raised to new life again. Go to the book of Romans. Lots of scripture today. Grab your Bibles. Grab your notepads if you need to. Uh, Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we die to ourselves. We're buried in baptism. We're resurrected. We shall certainly be unified or united with him in a resurrection like his. Paul says it's the same. <clears throat> Although for us it's a... It's a um, spiritual death in the sense that we go under the water and we come out of that water raised. Paul also says that death was like Christ and our resurrection will be like Christ, meaning that we will also rise from the grave. Our bodies will go into the grave, but there will be a day when our bodies will be reunited and that will be a glorious day. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11 Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. I hope you're writing these down to look them up and to look them up later. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, that Holy Spirit that he promised us in John 14 and John 16 and Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13, that is a seal and a deposit 
for us, if that spirit dwells in you, and it does if you are a believer, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, not spiritual, mortal bodies, through his spirit and uh, his spirit who dwells in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead raises you and I from the dead. These are all just the preliminary scriptures as we get into the teaching, but uh, they are so uh, incredibly important. Turn to 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 11 says this. The saying is trustworthy. This is uh, something that Paul used not often, but on a few occasions. This saying is trustworthy, meaning, hey, take notice of what I'm about to say next. For if we have died with him, we shall also live with him. He's quoting um, uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.10. You can look that up there in his writing. And then you can also go to Revelation chapter 20, verse 4. Look that scripture up later if you want to. Talking about the fact that we... If we die with him, and we do, then we shall also live with him. Let's look at what Piper has to say, and we have a lot more scriptures to contact or to to look at today in context. So we may not get through this whole thing. We may finish it up tomorrow, and I'm okay with that. Hope you are. Jesus has been crucified and buried. Put that in your mind. Let's set the scene. Let's set the picture. Jesus has been crucified and buried. Now, let's listen to what Piper has said, and I love this. The keys of death were hung on the inside of Christ's tomb. (laughs) He had not yet defeated death. From the outside, Christ could do many wonderful works, including the raising of uh, a 12-year-old girl and two men from the dead, only they would die again. I'm going to give you these scriptures. You can look them up. Mark chapter 5, verses uh, 35 through 43. Write that down, where he raises a 12-year-old girl. Luke chapter 7, verses 14. Excuse me, Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And then John chapter 11, uh, verses 38 through 44, where he raises Lazarus. In in Luke chapter 7, he stops that funeral uh, procession, remember, and gives back the woman her only son. If, if any of these were raised from the dead, never to die again, Christ would have died for them. Enter the tomb, take the keys, unlock the door of death from the inside. In order for Jesus to defeat death, what Piper is saying here, the keys to death, hell and the grave, were on the inside of the tomb. Picture that. It's a beautiful picture. Because what it means is Jesus didn't just come to live. We know that he came and he lived a righteous life. And because of that, his righteousness is exchanged for our sinfulness. Our sinfulness he gets and we get his righteousness. Obviously, we got the best part of that deal. So he came to live a righteous life, but he also came to be crucified and to die and to be buried and to be raised again. Because the only way for him to defeat death was to die himself and then to be resurrected. He had to do it from the inside out. It was an inside job. The resurrection of Jesus is God's gift and proof that his death was completely successful in blotting out the sins of his people and removing the wrath of God. Here's that picture in um, Hebrews again of the high priest going behind the curtain after offering a sacrifice for his own sin. Then he goes in and he sprinkles the mercy seed and the instruments within 
with with the blood of the lamb, right? The crucified, or the, not the crucified, but the, the, the lamb that was sacrificed. And when he came back out from behind the curtain, it was proof that the uh, sacrifice was accepted. In the same way, Jesus' death without a resurrection doesn't accomplish anything. Jesus' death and his resurrection means that the sacrifice for our sins was accepted. And it means that when he was raised again, the death was suffer, uh, suffered a, 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 a blow because he defeated death and he defeated the grave. See, it's, in, it's essential that we fight for the resurrection. It's not enough that Jesus died. It's, it's more than that. It has to be more than that. Jesus has to be raised from the grave. Christ was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. Exalted him. Why? Because death was defeated. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Remember in Hebrews 2.14, he took on human flesh. In John 1.14, he wrapped himself in human flesh. Why? Because his brothers and sisters, the children, you and I, have flesh and blood. Therefore, God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. From the cross, the Son of God cried in John chapter 19, verse 30, it's finished. That part of what he would do for us was finished. And by means of the resurrection, God the Father cries, it's finished indeed. Oh, I love that. I love how he puts that. Jesus finished the work on the cross of paying the price for our sin. And God, through the resurrection, shouts to the world, it is finished indeed. It is a completed task. The great work of paying for our sin and providing our righteousness and satisfying God's justice was finished in the death of Jesus. Then in the grave, he had the right and the power to take the keys of death and open the door for all to come to him by faith. If sin is paid for and righteousness is provided and justice is satisfied, nothing can keep Christ or his people in the grave. That's why it's so imperative when we read Revelation 1.18, we understand, I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. It's not just a statement. It's not just bragging. It is saying to you and I what I have done. I have died, and I have been buried, and I have risen from the dead, and you will do the same because now I have the keys to death and hell. The Bible rings with the truth that uh, belonging to Jesus means we'll be raised from the dead with him. Look at Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6 and verse 5. Romans 6 and verse 5 says, For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. That's what he means when he says, I have the keys to death, hell, and the grave. That's what he means when he says, I've defeated the grave. Let's look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 14. 
This may be a long one because I don't want to stop this one. I'm just going to continue to go on. You can listen to it in pieces if you want to. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and we do if we are believers, if we don't believe the last part, the first part doesn't matter. It's not enough that Jesus came and he was a good example. No, Jesus died for our sins, but the proof that his sin sacrifice was accepted by his father who he paid the sacrifice to and he paid the penalty for and he uh, accomplished by absorbing the wrath of God. Without the resurrection, none of that matters. It's only partially done. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so though uh, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, those who have died and have gone to be with him. They're not asleep. Fallen asleep means that their bodies have fallen asleep, but their souls are with him. Remember, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, to be absent from this body is to be at home with the Lord. Let's look at 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Go back a ways right after Romans and find 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians 15 is an amazing chapter. You might want to read that this week. But let's look at verses 50 through 58. 50 through 58. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. A mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in a twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. We shall be, we shall be changed. For this imperishable body must put on the imperishable and the, this mortal body must put on immortality when the Perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on immortality. Then shall be uh, shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin defeated, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. That's the connection between Christ's death and our resurrection. Our sin is defeated, verse 56. It's defeated by what he did, not by what we've done, but by what he's done. Our death is defeated because sin is defeated and our resurrection is promised because Jesus is raised from the dead. It continues it's not just that our sin is taken care of. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, therefore, sins are forgiven. Therefore, the sting of sin is forgiven and removed. Therefore, those who believe in Christ will not be sentenced to everlasting death, but will be raised. Death is swallowed up in victory. Be astonished. Come to Christ. He invites us. Let's look at John chapter 11. Remember in John chapter 11, um, he's standing at the tomb of his his friend. He's standing with his friends. Um, and he says to them in John chapter 11 and verse 25, John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to Martha, I am the resurrection. I am the life. I'm the resurrection. I'm, in the, I'm the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He doesn't say, you know what, I... It could possibly, maybe if all goes well. No, no, he says, I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. I'm the resurrection 
and I'm the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Why did Jesus die? Jesus died to secure our resurrection from the dead. Jesus died to secure your resurrection and my resurrection from the dead. Because he lives, we will live also. Numbers chapter six, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.